0: We are the rogue agents and you are the listener and we're going to get right into this because we're falling behind. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for uh, stopping by and let's go ahead and jump right into it as I push a button buttons because I'm professional and prepared. All right. Um, So we got quite a few announcements actually to hit and get going with. And let's go ahead and start with the big one. Uh, People kept asking and we decided to go ahead and do it and launch a Patreon. So if you would like to become a Patreon for the Rogue Agents. We got some pretty cool swag going on with it that you could check out within the different tiers. I don't really wanna, uh, do you guys want to break break it down real quick, or do you want to? Yeah, let's just break it down. Look we'll at the hype going. All right. <laughs> uh so basically, tier one basic supporter. Um, you go ahead and get like a what do we call it? The crucible. You get an entry into the crucible where yes. essentially we're going to every quarter do a drawing where whoever's entered in the crucible gets drawn and they do challenge of the week against somebody else who got picked for challenge of the week. And then we're going to do a stream game of where we're commentating the game. Um, you don't have to play the game. If you don't want to, somebody else can play the game where you can pass it off to somebody else is up to you. Um, but that's kind of how it goes. You can do the challenge still if you want. Um, and then tier two, you get the, was more three entries? Yeah, more, more <laughs> entries into the Crucible. And um, a random drawing again for a randomly selected gift, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, some Got some gifts we're working on. Yeah. I guess we won't, we won't go into the gifts too much because it'll be a more fun surprise. And then Tier 3 gets you even more entries into the Crucible. Uh, so it'll be five entries for Tier 3. And you also get a... Oh, a quarterly select exclusive tokens and a t shirt. Yeah, that's what we decided on was t shirt. I don't know how it pulled up in front of me. So, but uh, if you want to check it out, the link is in the Discord. It'll also be in the show notes. Um, the link on Discord will be under server rules. I so just put it there because it's easy to find. So, if you are interested, it's there. Um, we could also talk about, real quick, the Accountability Club launched over the last week. You can find out how to sign up through that under server rules as well over at the Discord. And Accountability Club, super cool thing that Sam had the idea to do that he got from something else he used to do because I'm sure somebody Stolen.
1: else Stolen. Just blatantly plagiarized from another group. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: the um, name was changed. We talked about it last week, but do you want to just do a quick synopsis of the Accountability Group again, real quick? Sure.
1: The Accountability Club is a monthly painting challenge uh, where you're going to give yourself a painting goal or a hobby goal. You're going to paint it to your level of standards, whether you're trying to push yourself or just get some uh, some slap chop on a model and get it out there on the table. And uh, then what happens is if you uh, don't succeed in your goal, right? the goal that you set and the goal that you decided to exactly to what level you were going to paint this thing to, you're going to get shamed sometimes publicly, sometimes in the discord depends on how long the list is and how much time we've got. And uh, at some point there may be a fantastic gift that you will really
0: regret not having. <laughs> I am super looking forward to uh, getting that thing designed and put out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when people see pictures, I'd be like, man, I should have done this. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I should have followed through with my goals. That I set three months ago. <laughs> All right um other announcements for those who haven't seen it yet black swan's card it's out there floating around she's super hype but we're not going to go into her card or anything like that because everybody else does that and that's boring to hear the same thing over and over again but black Swan's super cool and super, super cool model. <laughs> you'll get you'll get a hot take from
1: like 14 other places so have that's fun. true uh
0: all right so let's go ahead you guys any other announcements you want to make any tournaments you want to shout out or anything else you want to cover
1: I got a tournament in Greenville on Greenville, South Carolina, July twenty third. It is not anything special. It's just a uh, regular old Crisis Protocol tournament. It's not an invitational or anything. You know, nothing extra there. Just going to be some some fun stuff. We do do uh, special tokens for uh, our tournaments in Greenville. So the only way you can get these tokens at this point is uh, by coming to one of our events. So we do. Uh, we're going to have a good selection of tokens
2: for this next one. Cool.
0: all right hyper
2: no i don't think so i don't think i have anything in particular that's happening in my area um have fun everyone at the realm this weekend Uh, i'll try and make the next gen tournament next weekend but we'll see if that happens
0: cool let's go ahead and jump into the main topic and as you can tell from the episode title we're gonna be talking about meta um Mm -hmm. I guess I'll pass it over to Sam because you're the one that brought this up and want to talk about it. Let's go ahead and have Sam define what is meta. Not like what is the current meta, but like what is the definition (laughs) of meta? I think that the best definition that I can give off the top of my head is that
1: a a meta is something, it's kind of a collective experience uh, where the players of a, a certain game all come together and just by sheer brute force and volume we kind of come to a conclusion of what are currently some of the quote unquote best pieces and what the best ways to get around those pieces can be. And that is how I think a a meta really starts to originally (laughs) kind of form. And uh, once once a meta kind of solidifies like that, it turns into a constantly evolving, constantly morphing and changing thing. So that's that's my description then, of a meta.
0: As a uh, as sure Thing said in the Twitch chat, uh, Meta <laughs> used to be Facebook. That is true as well. Um I mean, it still says Facebook on the app, like have they actually officially gone? I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Let's, uh, let's stay on track <laughs> for once. Uh, anyways, uh yeah, like what Sam said, it's basically just like the commonality description of the current game state. I think is the best way to say it in like five words, or word six, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, we grind yeah. off
1: all the 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 jagged edges and we're left with just some (laughs) smooth brain
0: (laughs) glorious. Oh, it's fine. Uh, So I guess like, I think one of the coolest things about Marvel that I want to hit on before we go too deep into this is unlike other games, you have so many releases going on that the meta is literally changing from month to month, except for the last, like what, two months where we hadn't had anything. (laughs) Um But the the meta shifts so much within MCP because of how many releases we get. I think that's really cool dynamic that we get with this game is you're not going to have like a stale meta for six months. You're not going to be stuck in like this. I don't know, like dead zone where it's like, man, I'm so tired of seeing this over and over and over and over again. Um, Like the game is actually really good at almost not being able to develop a true meta because something will come out and then like, it's not, I guess, proven or shown itself until like six months later, which I think is super interesting with this game on like other games where it's like, you know, it's coming out like months in advance and then, you know, it's going to be around for months before the next new thing. So you're able to like establish a meta, like look at magic, magic runs in a set and you know, the cards before what, like, you know, pretty much all the cards coming out, like probably like what, like two, three weeks in advance. And people are able to shape the meta before it actually releases. And then it's there for, what, six to eight months? I think is what what like, the release cycle is. I don't, I don't pay attention to magic that much anymore.
1: But it's like every, every three or four months is when the, the new set comes out, if yeah. I remember correctly. And like the standard cycle is like three three sets and then another three sets. And then one set of three rotates out and you add the next the next ones.
0: And Sure thing in Twitch over here says the fact that new characters don't just get added to a team like they would in 40k or you could also look at War Machine or Malifaux or any game really. It means that every new character impacts meta so differently because you could literally take any character and put it into whoever you Mm -hmm. want to. So it's like it's just an interesting thing to look at when you're discussing like meta talk is like the meta is constantly changing and it could literally change Overnight, in the middle of a release cycle, just because of the fact that somebody like, oh wow, whoever thought of running a uh, oh, Hulk and X Men currently, <laughs> like, like, like who could have Sam- done that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just like it's it's crazy to me that like I'm just you're so used to like miniatures games where it's like you end up in a stale meta where you just keep running into the same stuff, and next thing you know your whole entire group is playing the same thing because it is meta, or you start doing the counter meta picks and then all this stuff and like. The worst thing that we get typically is when we're locked into the meta with something like the tts league where you're playing the same meta over a period of a month and a half to two months versus um playing at the store where it's like one week you could see this as meta and then the very next week the you plan for that and you're completely screwed over because it's not anymore <laughs> uh I just think yeah. it's, i think it's cool i think it's one of the coolest things about this game is it's just an ever constantly changing meta and i think sure Team probably put out the biggest point of it not it's not just the release schedule it's the fact that every character can go with everything so now that i've been long-winded and talked a bunch about the same thing for about <laughs> three minutes um <laughs> uh, hyper is there anything you want to add before we
2: get a deep dive into meta um no i think i can my thoughts on meta it's kind of similar to what you all have been saying it's just I think metas go through phases. Like people mm-hmm. think certain things are are OP or meta or whatever, and they'll kind of shove them into lists. And that doesn't that makes them meta because predestination, right? Like you've decided that it's meta, so it's gonna be meta. Right. It's like that's my biggest thought on it. Is I think like we as the players have more control over the meta than we think. Like you really don't have to play anything.
1: Yeah, play what you want, right? Like that's so the only thing that I would add to the conversation on like how the metas develop, uh, like to this point of the conversation is sometimes older characters come back to the forefront. Sometimes they get revitalized with a card or two, like with a new release. Sometimes it's because an old character actually has a really good game into uh, a new character. So now I want to, I want to pull this guy out off the shelf and bring him back because he does so well against somebody who's brand new. That was kind of like the uh, Dormammu into Fury experience for me. I was like, all right, like, let's see what what happens here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess, We could look at it real quick and evaluate where MCP is at right now. What what would you guys say is the current state of MCP this 18th day of May of 2022? (laughs) (laughs) Got to put a, got to put a date on that. Otherwise somebody will be listening to this in like a month and be like, what are you guys talking about? You're high. Like, this is not good. And now, run that
2: question by me one more time because I'm a little confused.
1: <laughs> I think the three of us are going to have three different answers to this. I think that, like, even though we've got a global community, like, playing on TTS, like, from, from all around the world, I think that we're all, the three of us are all in different metas. So if we were to all talk about, like, our local meta, I bet they're all different. Cause that's another thing, right? Is that it's not just, like, this is what's good in the game. This is what content creators say I should play. It's also, like, I want to play with this character. And turns out, like, sort of like, four other dudes in my group. So now we've got, you know, all of, this to deal with. Now we've got a completely different meta. Like right now, I've got a meta that's very, very full of X-Men and Hulk. Our our social contract completely broke down. (laughs) Because everybody wants (laughs) to play X-Men and Hulk.
0: (laughs) So I, I think the thing about that though is going into the counter of people being afraid of like voodoo and single extracts and CS because I would say that that was the previous meta was cs non-pay to flips and yep. single extracts and like sure things asking pretty much this exact question is what caused black cat and voodoo to become meta and that's seems like i think content creators are probably the biggest pushers of developing a meta because we start saying things like you don't like playing against sam well voodoo and black cat and playing single extracts are gonna hurt sam so much and then that people hear all this and you get and getting thousands of people agreeing with it and you start pushing this agenda almost, which I think something we try to avoid with our concept. <laughs> At least I hope we avoid it. I think we do a pretty good job of not going down that rabbit hole too much, but you look at like why Black hat Voodoo became so meta is because of trying to counter the previous state of like Black Order and um, all that. So you go to single extracts, Black Cat and Voodoo are good at stopping it. It keeps Black Order from running away at single extracts, makes Black Order go down a peg, makes Sam go down a peg and mm-hmm. makes you for taking Black Cat Voodoo almost necessary because everybody's doing it. Then you have the flip side of during that time, CS people were like, okay, well, I want to play these non-pay-to-flips and then CS starts taking over because CS can easily fit in a Voodoo or Black Hat and they start running the single-extract game with non-pay-to-flips and they start dominating or start doing a good job. I wouldn't say CS really dominated as much as the Black Hat and Voodoo did. Um, <laughs> but then yeah. when you look at that, is people start seeing this, and they get tired of it, like, well, how do I beat this? And that's how you get your meta shift going into... <laughs> grunts and fury and um shadow daredevil and his grunts and people leaning more towards um multi-extracts and pay-to-flips because now they're stopping cs with pay-to-flips and they are running multi-extracts which i think is what created what you have going on sam with x-men because x-men are amazing at pay-to-flips and they're amazing at multi-extracts um so in all reality i think i think that is in my opinion that's where the current meta is is Pay flips and multi extracts.
1: I think a, that's a good read. Uh, so the thing about metas for me is that uh, once a meta is established, if you're catering to that meta, you're actually falling behind, right? Because yep. what happens, in my opinion, is that metas immediately start to go into counter metas, right? And it's not you know it's not just me, it's not you know just anybody. I see a bunch of x-men and hulk i'm not looking to like okay like how do i compete with x-men and hulk i want to figure out what beats x-men and hulk and then you can start going way down the rabbit hole right because then what's the next level what beats what beats x-men and hulk and so you can start to kind of try to develop an idea of where you think a meta is going and so i think that right now if you're looking at the 14 15 and 16 threat crises i think that that's something that you need to be paying attention to for your roster even if you're not going to bring all of those i think you want to make sure that you've got that low threat game built into your roster because that's going to keep some of the big boys off the table and so we might be in uh, a flip secure multi-extract meta but we're also in a big boy meta and the, the big boys struggle on a lot of those flip secures and extracts but they can either you can deploy them and they have less predators in the water at these lower threats. If you can fit a big boy into a roster that's at a very low threat level, then you've got some, some pretty interesting game into uh, a roster that's trying to run wider to handle multi-extracts and flip secures. So uh, it's it's an interesting dichotomy, if you will, between <laughs> these <one>. two different... <laughs> competing uh, frameworks in this game, right? Because there's a lot of competing frameworks in Crisis Protocol. It's one of the things I love about this game.
2: Hyper? Yeah, I agree. If you can fit in those big boys at low threat, it feels really good. Um, I don't know, like Meta Shift, like, yeah, X-Men are fabulous. Uh, they're like counter-punching right now because everyone's been super mm-hmm. high on um, on CS for a while now and that's gonna I think CS are ridiculous right now with the advent of Daredevil I think they have a very versatile mono affiliation roster because of are very different leaders and their wide um, their wide roster but X-Men great at that counterpunch because they bring like the opposite of what they want to do on either side uh, pay to flips are bad for both Daredevil and for Kingpin because you don't have to sit on the point anymore you can just move on and grab it and then move away right that's what I got there yeah
0: fair enough i think that's i said i mean like i've been like sam and i we sat down for like oh shit i don't know like five hours the other night (laughs) it's (laughs) getting
1: to be more i think it was like two and a half in all honesty but it it was they were late night hours so you know we paid i paid the price the next day (laughs) yeah
0: and we we started with like looking at like my current list he brought this 14 15 16 idea to me um and then we ended up going down like shield and x-force and why they don't fit this little um i guess shell i guess you could say is a yeah. good word for it, it was the, and, the palate uh, cleanse
1: we had, to, we, had to, we had to cleanse yeah. your palate to get to get <laughs> some spider foes and
0: some shield out of your system and uh well I, we came we came to the realization of why i think we came to that the true reasoning of why i always go to x-force and it's really just because of mutants like it's just it's that special spot for me and i just can't get away from it so um it's not just X Force; it's mutant. So we're we're currently looking at the X Force which led to X Force running Hulk. I do like um, X Force
2: just the name is so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to get it like uh, copyrighted and all that. No X Force I don't know, if, but anyways, I I love it. I love, love the name theme. I come i come up with, like the weird names. Like when I was running X Force, I was calling X foes, and uh, I just find yeah. the little silly themes like that. Anyways, get me off trap topic. Way too easy. But I think X Men actually has a really good. Is, we've gone completely away from defining meta to, like, just... <laughs>
2: talking about X-Men. I wonder <laughs> yeah, how X-Men. that happened. Who am I talking with today? Uh, you're right. <laughs>
0: just, just changing from the rogue agents to the X-Men. Uh, I'm on here. X-Force Men all the way. Um, anyways, trying to get back on track. Um, I do think X-Men actually has a really, 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 really good spot going forward. Um, especially if looking at this 14, 15, 16. And then going into... You develop your list. like during what i was getting through with a thought experiment of like 14 15 yeah. 16 and then building off of that is you're not really building your roster off of the meta or the potential meta or the previous meta you're building it based off of these trouble points for everybody you're not trying to create a meta you're not doing like that i wouldn't even call it because like I, I wouldn't even call it counter meta you're literally doing something that's not what people normally look at you're picking crazies so if- that basically no one wants to play on. <laughs>
2: I think that's like, <laughs> is that not the definition of counterpunching? I
0: think that's counter punching, yes. <laughs> I but I wouldn't call it counter meta though, is the thing though, because it's not necessarily you're not picking those crises because they're counter meta, they're not going against what is happening.
2: You know what I mean? I mean you're picking them because other people are bad at them.
0: Yeah. But that's just generally speaking, like people are bad at these. But I wouldn't say that sword and gamma and cosmic are like counter meta against That's against true. against pay Yeah, I, I
2: guess it. like your your style of choosing it is different, I guess. Like you're you're thinking about you're innovating. How about that?
0: Yeah, you're being innovative. Innovation's key. <laughs> but like I think the thought experiment gets you away from trying to plan for the meta in your roster and maybe and potentially making a misstep for like, hey, I want to take this, like how Sam was talking about, like you're not planning for the meta because at that point you're already a step behind. Um you're just making something completely unrelated to what the meta is currently at. You're just ensuring your list is solid all around by planning your roster around those 14, 15, 16 crises. I think that's probably a, a very interesting thing to look at it to where you're not taking the true meta considerations into your list until after you've established your baselines. Does that make sense? I tracked that. <laughs> okay. It's like half my idea or something. So... I mean, it was... <laughs> I mean, it was it was your idea. You, you brought it to me, and I ran with it. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's what I look at. I think the Guardians are really strong on those, yeah. and I think that X-Men are uniquely positioned right now uh, because of the the Storm cover and just a little bit of extra mobility that they have from the the hop that you can, you know, then you throw a Hulk in there. Like So, like, Guardians want to run a Hulk. Uh, X-Men can run a Hulk. They can both do it at 14. They can both bring pretty nasty rosters at 14. They're very different rosters. Uh, the Guardians are going to have some, some extra punch at range but it's gonna go into cover on the, the x-men side which is you know kind of interesting If you're re-rolling two dice with wing in it you uh, statistically should get about half of those back as hits so uh, all right so I reroll two and then I'm just gonna automatically get one for cover so if you roll average and I didn't max out on my blocks already I'm gonna go ahead and block something <laughs> yeah so I think that they they're they're in an interesting position button heads uh, in in this kind of uh, exercise for what you're looking at with uh you know these crises but these crises include sword (laughs) (laughs) x-men
2: hulk is just like that's when i was playing x uh x-men a lot i did have trouble with like sword and mutant madmen just because you're not getting the cover as often as i would like because you're always like you're always sitting in the middle Mm -hmm. but uh hulk like he likes cover but he doesn't need cover per se until a little later on i also i had a game against uh gd nerd recently where I just completely ignored sword and I won. Um, it's not unignorable, but it's It's definitely a crisis that commands your attention.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, yeah, I think you got three turns to solve sword. And then to solve, to solve that. that I
2: think it's up. a very good way of thinking about it. Three rounds to figure out, like, what's going to happen with the scoring.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was. I mean, that, that goes back to, uh, I mean, when, when Ulysses won his TTS season, that was something that, that we had talked about when he went with his, his YOLO two-man squad now that was all him don't i i was way too chicken shit to run that at the time i've had some fun with it since but like that that's a crazy two-man squad that it, it takes a uh a lot of shitspa to, to put on the table but that's uh,
2: the only two-man squad <laughs> you really like if i don't think there's any other two-man squad that's even like maybe sort of possibly kind of viable
1: no and, and now you play a point down with it too so
2: I don't, I don't yeah, he's a madman. Yeah, he's my fellow <laughs> Black Order king. One of them.
0: Uh, I got another thing from Sure Thing. Rock Paper Scissors is basically a meta. People start ta- <laughs> taking scissors to beat their buddy who always goes paper. It's always a circle, and as more stuff comes out, the idea of teching for any one thing seems like a fool's errand. I think that's kind of what like Sam was getting at when we were going over these rosters and going, bringing this idea to me of like, look at it this way, Um and it kind of just like freeze yourself i guess you could say it gets you out of like this tunnel vision when you're creating a roster that i think is actually good and i think it should be looked at more that way instead of okay well i need to take pay to flips so what goes good the pay to flips um because like, like how sure thing saying here instead of teching for any one thing especially in this game that's constantly changing you're teching for just like low threats (laughs) like and if you could do that and do it successfully and be good at it then like meta almost doesn't matter when it comes down to it
1: If you're ready for the the low threats it's almost always easier to to add or upgrade than it is to take away or downgrade right so if you've got a plan that's locked in at 14 15 16 it's easy to add one more model to that it's easy to you know upgrade your your honey badger to rogue right? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's way easier to go up than it is to go down because when you go down, you're taking things out of your toolkit. And if you're not prepared to, you know, play with a screwdriver and a nail, then, you know, you're like, oh, crap, I guess I I gotta, I need the hammer and the nail. How do I, how do I make this work?
0: Well, especially because if you look at like the pay to flips, I think the fastest pay to flip, like other than the sword, of course, is 17. Meteors. uh, Meteors. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sixteen is fisk and cosmic, fifteen is gamma and herb. So yeah, yeah, meteors is the first seventeen. Yeah, so you're adding um, a three. You're adding a three to a four or five wide roster at that point. Yeah. So it's like if you look at that, and if people are looking at this, most people are basically having their baseline roster at seventeen, where you're making your baseline roster at fourteen, and that just just to kind of, I guess, reinforce Sam's point is. If you're building up 14 years, being able to go up to where people are baseline, your baseline is immediately better. Like it's just, it's it's I think it's a really interesting way to look at it. And I think this relates to the whole meta talk because it's talking about roster creation and basically almost. Pulling back the curtain of meta, because maybe in this game, the definition of a meta is almost non-existent because of how fast
2: it changes and how easily it can change.
0: What do you think? About One of that? my
2: favorite uh, fake tweets of all time was it was hammer or it was not hammer. It was a uh, rock tweeting saying paper is OP scissors is okay. <laughs> it's the same kind fine. of thing. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, basically everyone's always going to like believe that whatever they're playing, maybe not. They're not going to say like, Oh yeah, I'm playing like broken stuff, but they're also not going to say that like, um you know like what i'm playing is like this uncounterable nonsense if someone's playing the op stuff unless they're like i don't know more self-aware than 90 percent of gamers they're gonna they're not gonna admit that it's OP.
1: 99 yeah nobody wants to hear that what they play is the best and nobody wants to hear that their favorite character is trash right and yeah. those are like two opposite ends of the MC- mcp spectrum like right there like
2: yeah, like i still play wolverine and i get success out of him but i know he's not optimal um but yeah, like that's, that's the reality of the situation. And that's why, like, when people talk about like so and so character being like, you know, the OP, like the top five character in the game, I'm like, that's an unhealthy way to think about this. Yeah. Because all, something is always going to be in the top five. Like, you can maybe stretch that out to like top six or top seven, but like realistically, there's always going to be something that's like a teensy bit better than anything else. And the, the curve in Crisis Protocol is really tight. Um, like, yeah. I've gotten my ass kicked by people running Amazing Spider-Man leadership, and had a blast while it happens. You know, like stuff that's like if this is like, and I, I don't want to go all conspiracy theory, but <laughs> stop listening to podcasters. I swear to God, like, just stop listening to people. Just play what you want to play and make it work. Innovation is key. Yada yada yada.
0: It's a great advertisement, you know.
2: <laughs> probably, we're uh, a live but no, but- show. We're not a podcast. We're a live right. show. We're a- <laughs> It's true. We're, Listen we're, to us because we're different.
0: We're taking a uh, what, God, what, I, don't know if God, I had a word, it's taking a, a cue from um, wait did I roll a wild rope vlog. <laughs> 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 words, I can't words today. Jesus. Um, I'll be- <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened. Did something happened. I'm gonna be right back.
0: that's that's what happened you you cut yourself off (laughs) oh no i
2: just i think i scooted my turn and made a weird noise (gasps) oh
0: okay fair enough i just heard i'm a b i was like oh you you what uh this is the best part about me not editing any of this is people can get half of a live experience because they're not here to experience it with us Great. we miss uh, you when you're not here everyone come come join us come join us on twitch it's so much more fun here sure thing's providing a lot of words of wisdom and he's part of the episode as much as we are now (laughs) right you are the Um, listener you are the listener and we are the rogue agents. <laughs> uh, I oh, like that God. so much. I remembered it this time. <laughs> out. Yeah. Open and close it with us. All right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I'm still not going to edit any of this out because I'm too lazy. Yeah. I'm that's lazy. not. No, it's pure. It's purity. It's purity here. People like the raw, the raw footage or the raw audio. I think so. It's, it's, it's a good laugh. And they sit here and listen to this. Like, let me fast forward 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh no. So, I mean, so I, I tend to be a little bit of a
1: butterfly when it comes to, yeah. to minis games. Like every every minis game, any, every game I've played, I play something and I don't play it long enough. I always get a little sidetracked. I want to like go in a different direction or I find out that what I'm playing is the best thing. Or I get told yeah. that what I'm playing is the best thing by a lot of people and I lose interest in playing it and want to do something else. Or, you know, I do really well with it or really bad with it. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm going to move on. I want to you know explore some, some greener pastures. So that's, uh, I, I am always a little envious of the people that can just focus on a single affiliation or a core of characters and just just hit that all the time. And that's all they do. And, you know, that's that's a right of its own, right? Because sometimes those things are good and sometimes those things don't quite fit. So to, to bring this all back around, right? So That might be, we might not have much of a quote unquote meta for this game, but there are definitely cycles, right? I think that the, the fear of what's good can be a lot worse than the actuality of playing against that thing. Right. So like CS, I think is a prime example of this, especially Kingpin CS, because when scoundrels got released, I think the, uh, the collective content world for crisis protocol kind of lost their brains because it was like CS is busted on scoundrels. Nobody can beat CS. Nobody can can compete with them. It's five points. They're going to get like four of them every single time. And, you know, maybe that's the case in some games, maybe that's the case for some people's experience, but it's not, it's, we figure out how to beat things together we figure out how to beat things ourselves. We figure out how to beat things in, in small groups and large groups. So I think that whenever there's a boogeyman, the best thing we can do is, you know, point at it. I'm here to, Sorry. to Welcome back.
2: I'm interrupting. But uh, I, love, <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I love in this game. Uh, so like, Skill level is a real thing in this game, right? So we were talking about how how the curve is so, you know, compact, right? So I think that player skill has a lot to do with a lot of things and these dice are swingy, mm-hmm. right? So those two factors can do a whole lot. So like... I love when I see, like, the Facebook post that's like, Ebony Maw is unbeatable. Barncat out here
2: killing what people. Do do, what
1: do you do <laughs> against Ebony Maw? He's the most powerful piece in this game. And there are players that are just, like, you know, chuckling under their breath. There are people who are, like, you know, taking on, like, a social justice warrior against it. Be like, what are you talking about? Ebony Maw's terrible. He was bad, and now he's even, you know, he's okay now. So I, I think that... The fact that we can say those things the fact that people are saying those things i think it's 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 good right even though it doesn't necessarily always look good at the, that first glance right because when somebody's having a bad experience with the game you're like oh i feel bad for you but but also what if we can all come together and learn how to beat ebony ma for for so and so or we can you know figure out that cs isn't unbeatable on scoundrels
2: yeah that's an issue with uh oh i've Oh man, that scoundrels conversation! I want to, I want to fight that so hard. I've never lost a game to CS on Scoundrels, um, because I, I play killer monster people, um, and also sometimes Avengers who just throw you off all the points. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Um, I, I wish that was more of a facet of the internet instead of just being echo chambers where people are like, oh, so and so is bad or so and so is good, and everyone just like either nods or disagrees. Uh, we need to get back to the social contract of being able to like argue with each other without like getting mad. Um, and that's why I love our Discord because we have like actual conversations. We have all our little <laughs> dojos, little shameless plug here going on accidentally. But um, it's the ability for folks to just like talk to each other and like actually learn things. Uh, speaking of Barncat, the other day I told him about uh, Faceby and how it like is a really good text piece sometimes. And he tried it out and had great success. I was like, oh, cool. I helped someone, I helped a friend of mine out and figure some things going on. Uh, I also just like, again, shout outs to Barncat for like being so committed to the bit of space maw, that people are actually paying attention to him now.
1: You could say that people are warming to space maw. <laughs> <laughs> We're thawing him out. Okay. So bad. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So, that how do we get Wolverine? Is. How do we get Wolverine and Colossus thought out then?
2: Oh, we give him a space gym.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wolverine with a space gym would be pretty sick. Yeah, he might be able to charge like <laughs> sometime
0: in the middle of the game. But then you're paying five threat for Wolverine.
2: Oh, man, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> what was our point? What were we trying to talk about besides Ebony Maw? People like, yeah, um, having conversations about characters is my favorite thing in this game. Like not because this is something I've been seeing more of, too, is like folks, instead of being like, oh, Thanos is OP. People are finally starting to be like, no, you, just, you know, blind obsession, rapid fire. Or like you do this and this, you Helios. People are finally starting to be like, there are ways to defeat this. And I want to believe in my heart of hearts that we had something to do with that. Just like opening the conversation up to not just be like character bashing, voodoo as well. Like voodoo, you know, four four six is great, but defensive dice are three out of eight successes. Yeah. Um, I I blanked out on four defense more times than I can count. Uh, you just hit them. Like yeah, if you don't one round them, you're in for a bad time. But if you didn't one round him, you probably put him at like five, and then you can kill him really easily with someone else, and then hopefully destroy him the next turn. He's actually off the table. And yes, maybe they had a great early game, but now they're out there for threat, and they're going to be on their back foot. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh. Well, I think this is a good... All right, we are back. Um, I think the one good thing about the Zoom calls, though, with like the whole breaks in here, is we're able to get reset. (laughs) We go so... (laughs) so far off the thing. Yeah, have a moment uh, for
2: us to remember what we're supposed to be talking about. The meta. Granted,
0: <laughs> granted I will I will shout out the Patreon one more time just uh, because people have been complaining about us using Zoom and doing it this way. Do um, <laughs> you want more rambles? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess maybe if you uh, have a disagreement, you want to keep using zoom to get us back on track, then uh, say something. Um, but yeah, I will, I will say, cause I missed it earlier uh, with the whole Patreon funds. We completely plan to use all the funds for Patreon to go back into the show with getting things to not have to have these interruptions and um, also the fund the cool giveaways and gifts yeah. that we'll be doing for the tiers. So it's that's, I, I forgot, forgot to hit on that earlier that all Patreon funds are being like put right back into the show and to, you guys, the listeners. <laughs> community building. Exactly. All right. Uh, so as we are on point two out of 20 for <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we, we kind of have been hitting on this. So about like what goes into a meta? I think like this whole entire conversation over the past little while pretty much has been what goes into a meta is almost that exact conversation of the thought process of everything. What do you, what, what do you guys? A lot. Think yeah. It? What goes into a meta? A lot. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think the conversation we have to kind of split it here if we're talking about local metas or like TTS meta.
0: Agreed. I would say, because I, I think uh, there's a podcast called Infamous that I listen to when I get the chance to. Um, they, they, they hit on this a lot, actually, how there is a strong distinction between a TTS meta and a local meta. Um, TTS meta is a huge worldwide groupthink versus your local meta is a what 5 to 20 person group yeah. think I got to um, beat tim this week yeah like instead like, of i i think TTS falls into the group think way too easily because of one content creators uh two discords three to TTS leagues like all these things really shape what the TTS meta looks like yeah. which is something I think people need to be aware of as well and I'm glad um hyper brought this up because a lot of the people that are on tts go to like the major conventions and if you're going to a major convention it's something that you probably should be paying attention to because i wouldn't be surprised if your local meta and convention meta are different i think convention metas are gonna be more similar to the tts meta what do you what do you guys think about that one
2: a friend of mine actually when i was at lvo uh kevin was talking about and he, he mentioned this like after the whole event he felt that um Table versus TTS meta were completely different. And I'll admit that I was teched for things that didn't show up, like there were far less web warriors and such. But the way I build lists these days is I try and tech for everything. So I was still ready for just about everything. There was just less of what I expected there to be. Uh, And like Criminal Syndicate, I think got completely blown out. I think there was like one player playing CS in Top Cut. Um, So yeah, there's certainly a difference. Um, But if if you're teching... If you're not teching for your local stuff and you're bringing like your your competitive list to an event, I think you're going to do just fine. It's just like having an ear to the ground on both sides, like knowing what your friends play, so you can like have fun games with them. Not saying that they shouldn't be competitive, but like so you can just have fun at your local shop when you're playing with your buddies. Um, and then also like having an ear to the ground on TTS and knowing like what is quote unquote meta, what everyone's bringing, what you need to be ready for. I think there's a sweet spot in there somewhere.
1: And I think a lot of the global like a lot of the tts meta is is about not getting hard countered by anything. You're just like like, okay, I want to bring this, this, and this. Uh, what's my worst matchup? Oh, wow, that's unwinnable. okay, We're back to the drawing board. like I think that a lot of what you're doing there is is about just trying to make sure that you're prepared for everything like you said and and making sure that you don't have any just outstanding hard counters out there. like all right, if I just if I play against this, is is it a punt? Uh, I hope not. So for me, there there are three three moments in the TTS seasons that I love, and they are uh, every roster lock <laughs> 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 because I feel like the 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 preseason roster and roster lock is where like everyone is just trying to like. To some extent like out jank each other right like some people are like oh I know that this is the best or I think that this is the best of so this is what I want to run and other people are like all right I think that that's the best but it's not what I want to do I want to try to do this and then you've got other people that are just trying to like play what they know or play what they love and that's like the first roster lock and then the mid-season roster lock is like what worked what didn't or am I just like going back to the drawing board and and scrapping it and starting over And then the same thing happens again at the cut. So I think the best rosters and the players with the best chances are the ones that basically stick with the same thing through the whole season. And then they get to the cut and they've got a a very refined, beautiful, fine wine of a roster. Congratulations, Morgan. Like that was a, a great run in the TTS season and your roster is a thing of beauty.
0: So that's, well, he's, right. a perfect, he's like a perfect example of what you're talking about, though, because yeah. he started with Guardians, and he finished with Guardians, and there's very, very, very few... I don't really remember. I don't have it in front of me, and I didn't like look at it. Um, if I remember correctly, the last time I looked was it was very, very few changes in his roster across the whole entire... Yeah. What, was, two, it, one, or, one or two at each level, just you know, swapping out something that didn't work for something that, that he thought would. So. Which which is something to think about it's like if you go back and you like are interested in looking at TTS rosters like i would say if you go through and you look at the only the end cuts version of the ro- of rosters you're probably doing yourself a disservice by that what you should yeah. be doing is look at the end cuts rosters and look at that person's roster. Like, well did they play this roster in from the midpoint and the beginning because at that point you know it's a refined roster versus they shifted over to something else that's right. halfway refined. And like it, it's point. refined and tech, right? Because if you get yeah. right down to it, right? So like your
1: that initial roster is like so innocent and pure. It's just like what you thought yeah. you wanted to play or what you thought was a good idea. And then the mid-season roster is a combination of like cutting the fluff out of your first half and also like you know, trying to somewhat tech for whatever wherever you're at. Like if you're an X and one, then you've got like the Wild West. That you could get paired into and you've also got the guys that are undefeated at that point which you could get paired up into so i the x and one is a really weird place to be you still have to tech for everything if you're in in like an undefeated bracket then you're you're looking more at or like i'm going to play you know this group of people pretty much from from here until the end of this event and then uh this season i don't think was so bad uh the last season under the old rules was absolutely insane i think for trying to like, you know, tech for the cut, right? So like, in some ways, I think that the mid-season roster is almost the one to look at. If you want to see rosters, it's that, that mid-season roster is the good one.
0: Agreed. Uh, we got something from Full Metal in the chat saying, it's easier to play anything on TTS where real life, you might be more prone to play characters you've painted or even actually own. I think this is very something that's like <laughs> good to look at is real life, you actually have to have the model. Um, mm-hmm. And not a lot of people just own every single model. I think it's it's more rare to own every single model than it is to not. Yeah. Um, so it's a very good point to where that can shape what you're able to play and how that shapes the meta because I can't just be like, I'm going to go play this, this, and this and see how it works at the store. Um. So yeah, there is a very good point within that. I think it's interesting to think about is the in real life meta really 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 promotes play what you love because you're gonna go buy what you love you're not gonna you like <laughs> then you have to look people in the
2: eyes when you play them. <laughs> yeah
0: so you uh don't i mean you don't care obviously for your <laughs> uh anyways uh <laughs> but i think it's a very good point i think it's actually something worth bringing up is i think the in real life meta Minus the people who are more oftenly playing on TTS than they are in real life are going to play what they love and try to make that work. And people who play more on TTS than they do on in real life are probably going to be testing what they do it and then buying what's good or what they think is good. They perceive as good from their testing. Uh, another one. Did this season feel more balanced and relying on player skill than just taking the best tools? I think that's actually a very good question. Uh, I'm gonna throw hyper off this on his back real quick while I think of my answer. <laughs>
2: so, just to clarify, do I think the people who won just had the best tools? Is that, that a question?
0: Did the season feel more balanced and reliant on player skill over just taking the best tools?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I there was a there's always gonna be a factor of randomness in this game with like the dice being dice and also like. I'll harp on this forever, uh, but random RNG extracts like sometimes you get a lucky sword flip or sometimes you get a, a really good like scroll or alien ship pull or sometimes you just turn one fine senator on like the wrong side of the board for your opponent. And that can really throw a game out of whack, uh, but nothing's unrecoverable. I th- I think without all you've got this season had some of the best opportunity for folks to really show their stuff mm-hmm. and like just like have the opportunity to use all the tricks in their bag. And it really was who gets, who has like the best plan, not who has the best tools, but who has the best plan. That's what it was for me, at least in my experience.
0: I would say, I think the way that the crisis change happened also really affected this because before like that was part of your tools is you really kitted your crises to like, Two to benefit you and one to screw over somebody else was basically like the common thought. Um, and now it's like it's three to screw different. over somebody else, yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's completely different. So it's like you're not really like stacking your toolbox, so to say. Um, and you can't predict what you're going to be able to get, like you really can't as much as you could before, anyways. Like, I guess you can still kind of like go for it, but as much like you're really a lot of the tools that you could like have agency on to affect the the turn zero of the yeah. game are gone. And I think that's a huge thing too, which goes into promoting it's more balanced and relying on that player skill. Like, yeah, I think that'd be my answer for that. Absolutely player skill. This was a great season. I mean, I yeah. I think
1: that uh, the, the rules changes were all highlighted in this last season and it was, they, they were all positive. I think that if there's one, what kind of, Middling point is that, I, you know, we're still going to see a lot of cream rise to the top. And I think that something that's really easy to overlook in a meta discussion is what's missing, right? So in in the last season, under the old rules, the top four was all Sam Spam. And this this season we had, what was it, two Guardians and two Brotherhood that, that made that, that final four. So, I mean, obviously we're still somewhat stratified in... in, 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 you know, what's in and what's out. But again, I think it's far more telling by what, what made it there by what's, what's missing. Right. So I'm not, I'm not prepared to have that part of this conversation. And plus, I don't think that talking about a a prior meta really helps us do very much to prepare for the next one. Uh, Mostly because of the release cycle and things like that. So, I mean, we've got new stuff coming out. Let's, let's just focus on what we think is good, what we like to play, uh, what you think you need to be prepared for, and you know kind of move on but uh, yes definitely player skill was more than just you know tools that were uh well above the rest
0: absolutely uh speaking that that cycle
2: <laughs> oh okay speaking of uh if you if for all of you folks following along in the discord i'm about to drop a hot new meme in the chat not in the chat in our in our discord Uh, on the subject of Thanos and then I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Okay. Uh... (laughs) That's the wrong one. There we go. I was was
0: looking at that like I don't get this at all. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess I can do this. I guess I can do this real quick. Um, Show stuff.
2: Oh, you're going to put it on the stream. (laughs) Let's go.
0: Is this how this works? I don't remember. I don't remember how to do this. Oh well, I can't. I wasn't prepared for this.
2: That's okay. If you're listening on the podcast, um, I'll pin this for you in our Discord, so you can save it <laughs> forever.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to talking about meta cycles real quick. <laughs> um, which is another thing I guess we've kind of been like just like hinting at and talking about, but yeah, talk Sam, around it. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want to hit on for metacycles?
1: Uh, I, so, I mean, I think that my, my last little summary was, was kind of what I see as a metacycle, right? So metas resolve in a few different ways, in my opinion. One of them is if you have a big tournament season, kind of like Magic does, where like, okay, like Magic comes to an end of a cycle and now that meta is gone. I think that to some extent TTS seasons uh, have a little bit of that energy to them. Because by the time the next season starts, we're going to have hopefully, you know, two, uh, you know, at least one to two new releases. We might have more. In this case, we're going to have some new spoilers. Uh, I think that the old meta is gone, right? Long live the new meta. So, (laughs) right now, right? So, the meta cycles, right? So, what are our last meta cycles? We went from uh, old rules to new rules. So, that was one meta cycle, right? So, that was the end of one thing, the beginning of a whole new one. And then we went from like, oh my God, CS is the sky is falling uh, into playing uh, a flip secures and singleton extracts meta, right? You weren't necessarily running both of those things, but you were probably running one of them. And now I think that we're in the fantastic period where the meta is wide open, right? So we we just kind of wrapped up this last TTS season, which was a, a wide versus tall challenge for the final, right? With guardians versus three wide brotherhood going into each other and so we've got you know uh, a big boy meta and a wide meta that are competing for dominance and i think that what we're going to see from here right is we're going to see the next evolution which is probably something of a a four and five wide meta that's probably trying to play at lower points values
2: i think uh i don't think guardians are going anywhere but i agree with your your thought process on the whole i think we're going to see i think Dizzards new idea of running all the lows and having a that's team Sam that's, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, me. Yeah. Well, Sam's idea of running all the lows uh, is a very intriguing concept. But I think if all you've got hadn't gotten banned, this roster would have been like, or this season would have been like 80% Sam. Um, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think anything's gonna change for guardians in the next five minutes. So next
1: now guardians are the thing to beat now right yeah next season guardians are
2: gonna be they're gonna be everywhere um they're like and uh, for good reason they're debatably the best affiliation in the game like they're super easy to splash or super easy to bring splashes and um their core is so small and so effective they're just an incredibly good little squad they can do a lot of things so yeah i'm kind of down for a a season of attrition games if that's the big thing to beat Hey, i'm i'm bringing the heat
0: so Sir Sam says if metas change so quickly, it's so just better to ignore them and just try to build a roster that works in most situations? And that's kind of what we're getting at with yeah. this whole uh look at the fourteen, fifteen, sixteens. Cause if you build your roster based off of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, you are for all intents and purposes ignoring the meta and preparing your roster for every single threat value. Because if you can build fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, you can build seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty for whatever scenario it is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the Quick summary of pretty much the first 30 minutes of the episode. Yeah. You know, uh, buyer beware, yeah.
1: but but buyer beware from there, right? So like if yeah. everybody starts building for 14, 15, 16, then we have a 14, 15, 16 meta. So yeah. it it doesn't always like you can uh, because that's part of what metas are, right? They're they're shaving off the jagged edges, right? They're making everything get down to the the nucleus of what is collectively succeeding across all of our rosters, across all of our experiences. And it's never going to be homogenous, thankfully, in this game, at least, you know, like knock on wood. It's not going to be homogenous in this game because we have so many releases, because there's so many moving pieces, because the dice are so swingy, because there is so much variation in like the available resources at this point. But I, uh, you know, buyer beware, right? So I wouldn't say that you want to go into 14, 15, and 16, and that's all you bring, right? So like, what's the next evolution that that we got to desert, right? Like, So now it's like, all right, maybe sword's not the answer because golly sword is like the worst yes. crisis it's
0: <laughs> still
2: fun yeah, at think, 17 uh, but it's, it's kind of rough at 14 for sure it's also at 14 it's a pretty good hedge against fury even though like he's still yeah. extremely good at it um, just because like you have the, the minion to run around and kill shit while you're yeah. doing your flipping thing um, but that's another thing we're, like so next season we're definitely going to see a whole lot of guardians we're also yeah. I, if, if fury is not the most picked character um, I'll like eat a shoe or something.
0: <laughs> I think you might want to like change X. I I think people are more turning their heels, not turning their heels on Fury nowadays and like Daredevil more than Fury.
2: I don't understand that at all. But okay. I, I, think, I see
0: more I see more people talking Daredevil than talking Fury.
2: I think Fury is a better splash yes. than Daredevil. Um so I I would be surprised if he wasn't like maybe not usurping Voodoo, but like in that same kind of voodoo spot. How about this? Okay. Uh, Fury's gonna be top three picked. I think that's like the most safe statement I can say. He's gonna be okay. like when Xavier drops that article and it's like, here's what everyone <laughs> picked for season eight. Uh Fury's gonna be on that list and he's gonna be real high. Uh people oh. are gonna have to take against him. In in my test games, I've found that Fury is he's so self-contained. Whereas Daredevil kind of needs to have his leadership to really function. Uh you can drop Fury anywhere and he's a monster. I I I would
0: disagree. I think because there's there's a long time before um the next season starts still yeah we got weeks and it's like years in oh man season yeah. <laughs> yeah so i guess you have to have channel points for that never mind I, I thought i'd try something cool but i don't know how channel points work uh but anyways uh i just tried that but whatever anyways um i think fury i can see him being between five and ten i don't think he'll be top three because i think there's enough time that people will figure out who actually wants to run fury and who is wasting their time with fury because I was forcing fury into X-Force thinking like, oh, he's really great. He's a good killer. He fixes the extract problems. But I think that might actually be a mistake. I think he might actually not be good for X-Force because you're losing the slot for this where it only comes up like once every five games where you're actually taking Fury.
2: Yeah, probably so. a wager on that one, Desmond <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, we'll we'll talk uh, and decide. Yeah. Power. So I no think no no. They're... I
2: gotta pressure you on the on the call. I gotta pressure you here <laughs> and now. Um, Fury top three. You don't play X Force for a month. You can do whatever you want on my end.
0: Oh, that's fine. Uh, shoot, I don't know. You can't play Thanos. That's, that's an easy that one. Much, that's, that's that's not hard. Um, yeah. You <laughs> have to play X Force for a month. Oh, dude, that too. sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a
2: great bet. All right, locked in.
0: Yeah. Oh, fair enough uh who do we be expect oh let's save that one for uh when we do listener questions let's go ahead and move on to like sam already answered that question too i guess we're done with meta talk <laughs> is there a closing thoughts on what you want to- i want to talk a little more meta? fury i want to talk a little okay. more fury
1: i want to talk about staying power right staying so power. okay uh let's i don't have a tremendous amount of reps into or with fury right i got a handful of each I've had moderate experiences on both sides. I would say that uh, in, in watching uh, the the, TOing the event, I watched a, a fury player get an herb score and just lose, right? Like he, he was up like 14 to two and just got tabled in the end of it. So obviously that's not going to happen every single time. But I think that there is a, we were talking about hares last week or the week before, right? Tortoise versus hare. I think that Fury's got a lot of hair uh, capacity to him, but I don't know if he can get across the finish line and I don't have enough reps to really like have my own opinion on that. So I know that that Hyper Viper has said quite a lot about how, where he thinks that Fury is. And I know whether or not I'm bringing Fury and my tournament roster that I'm taking on Sunday. Right. But I don't know if Fury has staying power. And I think that, Kind of like what Dizzard said. I think that Daredevil, as a piece, Daredevil himself, whether the grunts you know are better or worse than the Fury grunts, I I think that Daredevil's got more staying power. So, okay, sell me this pen, Hyper Viper. What what's going on with with Fury?
2: So Uh, he's a he's a double double flip. I don't know, double-edged sword. That's the wrong phrase. But he's like he has two really strong points in the game, in my opinion. Uh, the first point is turn one. If you have a priority or not, he's scoring you two extracts on the table. Like yeah. if if you're taking him, uh, most likely there are two extracts you can pick up, and he is going to get two of them. So his speed yeah. is insane. Um, there's no other character in the entire game besides Corvus and Proxima, and that's two characters. Or I guess the other grunt, Haver, um, Daredevil, who can grab two spiders at once, and he can. Yeah. Uh, so that that turn one is very strong. Um, and then later on in the game, whether or not he has power, his damage output is uh, is insane. So like, especially if you can boost it anyway, like be that rerolls or like dice boosting via mm-hmm. cards or Baron Mordo or Thanos, um, his damage output is actually really, really strong. So like I've had games where my opponent's playing uh, Shadowlands, right? Mm-hmm. And their, their grunts kill my Iron Fist or something crazy. Um, then I'll activate my fury and migrants will kill their doctor strange or something like four dice with a reroll is actually kind of nuts it's basically five dice yeah it's probably a little bit better than five dice in my opinion i don't know like mathematically probably not but like it feels better than five dice (laughs) Uh, dice fixing is cool and then fury's attacks are all insane he has the potential to if you i think if you have five power starting your turn oh no no if you have six power starting your turn and your grunts. Yeah, and your grunts. You're dropping uh, two grunt attacks, two more grunt attacks, and two seven die attacks. And even if you're not doing that, you have five die with Pierce. Uh, with or without rerolls, that's still pretty good. That's a Proxima builder. That's an X-23 no reroll builder. That's a Wolverine builder. Um, and you can do it at range three. Yeah. No, and he has I, I like awesome his automator.
1: output. I, I like his output. I'm just concerned that he's a little more fragile than he's getting credit for.
2: Oh, he's it- not a tank at all. He's and Dr. Octopus defensively. So
1: outside of the shield affiliation, which I don't think is even his best home. I think that he, it, so if, if, so one of the things that I was telling some of my, my local guys was uh, w- with Thanos, right? So my approach with Thanos was to tell them if, if Thanos is the problem, then Thanos is the priority, right? So same thing with fury, if he's the problem, when you look at the table and you look at the board and you look at your, you know, chances to win, if Fury's the problem, then he's the priority. Right. And so just get them off the table, then the grunts are gone. You don't have to worry about any more, you know, core rules breaking. We're just gonna take out Fury and go. And if that can happen on a fast enough timeline that they're not gonna have enough points advantage or they don't have enough models left to win, right? Because they're you know tabled or otherwise can't score, then I mean that that's where that's where I'm talking about staying power. It's not so much output, it's in. Uh, keeping him on the table and keeping him alive, keeping him healthy enough to score points.
2: That's why I like him as a splash, because if they're dedicating attacks to Fury, oh, you were just talking about Thanos, right? Thanos is the problem, kill Thanos. Oh, what if you play both Fury and Thanos? Ooh. Yeah, no
1: spoilers Um, for my list on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, of course not. Uh,
2: But that's what I, that's what, he's in my Black Order list right now. And I think Black Order is actually one of the stronger places to bring Fury because he he lets you like, kind of like cursed go wide in a way. Um, yeah. Because you're going to have enough models that you don't feel super behind, you can still pick up extracts and such, and you're still also bringing like Thanos and Corvus or something like that.
1: Right. Um, and They're not going out for those. So sure, exactly. if you've got you know, if you can. Th- that's threat saturation, right? That's the the term that I've used for that in the past. Uh, coming from from Legion, it was like, all right, if you you know brought um, operative Luke, you needed enough threat saturation in the rest of your team to make it so that you know Luke was going to get something
2: done. Yeah, you make so, everything you know, scary for sure.
1: Right. So if everything's scary for sure, then you know who, who's the real problem. And now we're talking about that—that's that becomes more of a player skill question then at that point, or at least a player experience level, right? So that you yeah. have to know what the actual problem is on the table at that point. I'll give you that, sure.
2: Yeah, so. I've only ever I played I played Shield once and I lost that game. Um, so I've mainly played Fury <laughs> in Black Order, and he, I just use him whenever I like. I get an annoying expert on the side of the table. Right. Um, but I I do think, I think he's best as a splash, and I think he's best when he's not the scariest thing on the table. I think he I oh no, I, I'm lying. I played him in Mystique Brotherhood, and he was really good there too. Because I had a juggernaut running around that they were trying to get rid of as well. Um oh, yeah. but yeah, I, I think shield is kind of weird. Um, and you definitely need to have either a support system of bodyguards or like something else that is way more attention grabbing than Fury. So he'll just kind of quietly kill everything on the board. Fair. Oh, and uh, Eye in the Sky is insane. All right, I'll buy your pants. All right, do you like Eye
1: in the Sky with Fury Splash? Do you like a a Once a Game Eye in the Sky?
2: I think uh, I was really high on Reposition when I first played it, but I also I think Reposition is kind of like it's very similar to a lot of like Turn One Herb scores and like things like that where you're gimmicky. it's Yeah, it's gimmicky. It's only ever going to be successful if your opponent hasn't seen it before. And I don't personally like to win that way. I don't want to just like trick someone. I want them to know what's going on and lose anyway because it's, I'm better than them or whatever. Right. Or that's a, that sounds like really, really elitist and douchey. Um, <laughs> no, but like, but it's
1: better than gotcha.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. It's better than gotcha. Uh, but I in the Sky, like, it's a, it's a card that gives you Spider Gwen once again. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not even just that, but it's like, it's not directly towards anybody. It's omnidirectional, Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just find the spot. So, yeah, but I I will say because I I was a big proponent of re- reposition over Eye before, but like the more I thought about it and the more I've done things, is I think Eye is actually just more money because mm-hmm. reposition it's gimmicky. The only person you're saving is Fury. Where Eye in the sky, you could be saving Fury, you could be saving Thanos, you could be saving whoever you want in your roster, whoever needs to be saved. Um, and I think that's worth a tactics card slot if you're bringing fury because it's going to give you that staying
2: power. Also, a fantastic tech piece against things like um, not ricochet blast, but like any of the shield throws or um, Helios laser bombardment. Because Helios, if you I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how this interaction works, um, I know it's how it works with like Spider Gwen and Escort to Safety, but if you move out of line of sight, even though Helios initially gets rid of line of sight. Those abilities all say if you you move to a like if you're using the save thingy and you save them outside of the range or line of sight, they're fine. So you can you can eye in the sky someone behind a building, and even if you know oh, but Hewlett ignores line of sight. Well, my card, which came after, is on top of the stack. Says I don't care. Uh, you can just kill that card. It's a really really good tech piece.
0: Can agree. All right, I think we're good on meta. Move on and start yeah. wrapping things up okay cool all right sales pitch of the week um i think it's my turn um so this will be a fun one um uh, i'm trying to get this short and sweet and actually the elevator pitch i'm going to talk about colossus number one. <laughs> Number one, um, I will say I would not probably splash Colossus anywhere outside of affiliation. I will say that that's probably a terrible thing it's hard to start a sales pitch off with, but it's super hard to argue that. So I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. In affiliations that he's in, however, though, I think he's great. Brotherhood, like yeah, he's contesting with Storm, or not Storm, uh, Rogue, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's a very hard competition slot. But I also think he has some good game playing underneath Mystique because she wants to run a, she can, she has the ability to run a little bit wider, and I think he might actually help Mystique more than rogue does for the aspect of staying power because she's more of a hare, but she plays like a turtle. Um, we go back to relating like that, so she needs something to help stay around, which Colossus is good at that, and she like not necessarily gives him power, but she can also make him do an extract, which makes Colossus relevant. Um, and keep power on him. Pick up an extract, get the power back, and it's making him relevant to make somebody want to attack him, which gets his power train rolling. Um, it makes him more relevant the rest of the game. That's my argument for Colossus and Brotherhood, is under Mystique, give it a shot. It's really fun. Um, Number two, let's talk X-Force real quick. Um, X-Force, I think, is very interesting with Colossus, just because he... I always thought X-Force had this big issue of that staying power. They never really had anything that like let them stay around. They just would like come out of the gate swinging super, super hard, just high attrition, uh, super dicey kill. But they, after like round two, it just fizzled out. People start dying. You start losing your models. You start losing your action economy. You just start failing because you don't have that push power no more. And my big thought when he came out was this is what we needed. This is going to be the thing that keeps X-Force in the game because he can protect the people. And had really big issues with that only because nobody would attack Colossus. So, again, this all comes back to just making him relevant. And then X-Men. Giving him a hop. Make him relevant. He's good there. Just trust me. So, the reason why I think Colossus is actually good is there's a lot of attrition stuff running around right now. And Colossus just eats hits. Like, he just does not die. Like, does not die. Um, I played a game I've played many games with him. I've been forcing him almost every single game. And it's been rather interesting to play him a lot more. Um, And I'd actually highly recommend it. So he's playing X-Force or Brotherhood or X-Men. Just give him a shot. Try him out. Um, he's super fun to play I'd highly recommend your first round is going to just be double short move into the middle and pick something up and be relevant if you can make him relevant his game is 100 times better because he's actually able to bodyguard he's able to boost his defenses and his spender is amazing a three cost spender to wild stagger somebody and auto stun like that's pretty big in my opinion um, also it has a chance to kill them so it happens um, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> X slam is like one of the coolest things on this card. Um he's yes, sad because he can't like impact character displacement at all. It's a little sad, but like he almost doesn't yeah. need it because like if he was doing that as well, he wouldn't have power to do what he's there to do. And that's the bodyguard and take hits. Um Colossus is also really good counter black order. Um he just laughs at Corvus trying to hit him. Like Corvus goes in. Hits him. Oh, I've got 12 hits. That's cool. I got eight blocks. Like, <laughs> um and it, it happens though, especially in X-Force. You get cable boost going on and his own boost. You're rolling eight dice, like invulnerable one for defenses. Like he just survives. Um I played a game where a Thanos, Corvus, and Proxima had to send all their attacks into Colossus, and he didn't die over the course of one round he just just, he's so hard to take out if the situation um does it and then full metal here saying extreme conditioning for the win i'd agree with that like if you want a way to like make him be able to move and punch something or make actions round one or later and be able to reposition him because somebody threw him extreme conditioning is really good i do think that it's very nice to take a movement card in your tactics if you're playing colossus because it's sad when somebody throws him and then he's just like i need to spend my turn getting back in but it's almost worth it because if you think about it if my opponent is throwing colossus or Cosmic portal and colossus out okay so they just wasted like one of their best things in the game on something that people consider bad like how, isn't that super good like i'd much rather you cause a portal colossus out than cause portal 23 away like just if you think about it that way so in that point, he's almost earning his threat by being like this big distraction that like, I don't want you to be able to get your bodyguard off. So I'm going to waste my biggest impact of the board state on somebody who I say is a bad model. Um, Tell me how that makes sense. Like, what, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> but that's, that's probably my biggest thing is make him relevant, take a movement card with him and just cr- Play with him. Don't listen to what people say. Colossus is fine. He's fun to play with. He's super fun to play with. And his model has grown on me. I hated the Sentinel Arm at first, and, but I've seen a lot of really cool reposes. But I think his model is actually really cool. Um, my biggest issue with the model is I don't see Colossus as a gloating person. He's a very humble person in the comics. He doesn't gloat. And modeling him, basically showing the scene off of a trophy, does not characterize the character, in my opinion. That's like my only issue.
2: No, he's getting ready to throw it at another one.
0: Yeah, 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 we'll go with that. Um, I like how arm for mine—it's
1: a little yeah, large, saying. so it's like I... cock knocker, colossus. <laughs>
0: oh, nice! So, that's good. That's good. We're <laughs> so gonna. He's Base got a big cuts. hand. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I gotta say real quick though, um, I like how you and I have worn a Marvel shirt every single episode. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's always sorry uh, get out. <laughs> <laughs> all right but uh there's my sales pitch on colossus try him out just give him a shot but let's just nice. say he's he's better than he's let on he's a super secret sleeper. also uh i know the zoom calls out of time so i'm trying to say this really really quickly um the biggest secret to playing colossus is you sit down across with somebody ready to play them you drop Colossus in a list like, oh, what does he do? I haven't seen Colossus in a while. Like, I've heard he's bad. You say, no, man, he days three characters last game I played, he bodyguarded so much damage, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Colossus is extremely relevant to them, and they have to take him out as soon as possible. And it just makes it so much worse because they're trying- <laughs> uh, that's my secret tech to playing Colossus. Um, all right. Uh, so let's pick of the week. That's done. Uh, I'm not going to do right. the hobby. Hobby corner, we can kind of just pass on. Everybody come check oh, well, out. Join. If we join yeah, yeah, we, we have two minutes. Club.
2: So I want to, before we leave, we have the challenge of the week. Uh, yes, Nick, yeah, you win this one. You have dice boosting yeah. and black bolt. I think that's what I want to do with Inhumans. Clap, clap. Also, nice. you're playing Miss Marvel. It um, looks cool. It looks super cool. You got Smash in there too. And you have your biggest character is uh like Lockjaw. And I think Ronan. No, just Lockjaw. Dude, that's king shit. Let's go. I guess Miss right. Marvel, actually, she could transform and then smash something and start blowing people up. I like that a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, cool. I, I, I'm going to try it. because I've been wanting to play it in humans, so I'm going to give it a shot too. Uh, Finger guns, you have challenge of the week for this next one. What you got?
1: Challenge of the week. I'd like to see your best cabal rosters. Bonus points for playing them at 14, 15,
0: 16.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see some cabal resurgence there's 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 things out there
0: and then we have one listener question what i throw us two? uh we'll see what we have time for where to go uh my notes uh from ominous which character do you find yourself putting into most rosters real quick for me (laughs) bucky okay for me it's colossus and wolverine like because to me they're they go together they're a pair and i've just been trying to get as many games with them as possible lately um hyper Viper, what you got
2: Bucky's a really good answer. I was thinking something else, but no, it's pretty true. He actually like, he overperforms every time I play him with or without blind obsession. I have a tough time not slotting Bucky and blind obsession every game. He just throws dice. He just throws dice. so good.
0: Okay, well, that's going to wrap us up. Let's hit the button and see if we have time. All right. Thanks. Perfectly balanced. as all be. Max. out of honor but he's right who the hell is bucky
2: you don't like a bear fight i think you're wrong which part all of it think you're the only superhero in the world touché